Welcome to another episode of the Media First Podcast. My name is Mohamed Chaudhry and this is my co-anchor, Marcus Panham. And today we're going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is an exponentially better version of Justice League from that garbage we got in 2017. So to start off... I agree with you there. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think everyone agrees with us on this one. Um, but to start off, I know you haven't been like following you know, all the behind-the-scenes stuff, so I'm, I want to get your thoughts as like a... I guess a somewhat more casual fan of this film. Well, I did what they call see the whole like, uh, sorry, the conflict between Ray Fisher and like the rest of like the people working on Justice League about like the Whedon cut because of the fact that he didn't really get many scenes in it. And now after watching the Snyder cut of it, I'm like, he had every single right to be mad about it. This dude was the heart and soul of the new one, the Snyder cut. And with the Whedon cut, like he was barely in there. Like it was so stupid to me just rewatch, rewatching what's it called the um, the first Justice League, the one by Whedon, because mm-hmm. like Cyborg is kind of like an afterthought in it all. Like all the other, like I don't know. I just <sighs> there's so many things to say for the Whedon cut that I hate about it. But the main thing was that Ray Fisher didn't get the justice he deserved. And the thing that pisses me off is that although the Snyder Cut is great, it's not going to get the same recognition that the Whedon Cut did because, you know, it's not coming out in theaters. It probably didn't get as much hype by casual people. Not really, like a lot of the hardcore people were hyping it up, but casuals weren't looking into it as much. And it just pisses me off because Ray Fisher was great in it. I'm going to agree with you there. I think Ray Fisher was, Ray Fisher's cyborg was like my favorite character in this movie. Just because, like, you could tell he had so much emotional depth to his character compared to, like, the hollow shell that was in the 2017 version of the movie. Because, like, I, I remember there was this one scene um, that I guess a lot of people really loved, which is the scene where he helped out that single mom who, like, had $11 in her mm-hmm. bank account, and then he, like, transferred a bunch of money to her. I was like, why would they cut that? Even if they didn't agree with, you know, Zack Snyder's tone in general for the movie... That seemed like such a good part of Cyborg's character that like, really fleshed him out, you know? And it wasn't anything hard to include. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was it was a great humanization of the character at the same time to show that even though he is pretty much 75% like a robot, he still has the same feelings and characteristics that he had when he was like a younger kid. And also, his costume design is like so cool. Like in the, in the Cyber Cut version, I love I love, like, the way, like, you know, his costume is compared to the Whedon cut. Dude, I love all the costumes that they did with uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I loved how Steppenwolf looks so much more menacing, dude. Like, it reminded me of Michael Bay's Transformers, but, like, in a good way. <laughs> like, how the armor was always shifting. Like, um, it was so cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say something that I think you're not really going to agree with. I am not the biggest fan of Ben Affleck's Batman. I'm sorry, but it's no. just like it's not the same for me. It's not. I just can't. I don't know. Um, the only part of his where I was really like, "Oh crap!" was during that nightmare cut, the scene between him and Joker, which we'll like get into later. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I was like, "He." I'm not saying he's bad or anything. Like he's a good Batman, obviously. But it's just like I grew up with Bale. Bale was like, <laughs> you know that is batman for me it's like how mcguire is spider-man for me and how no matter how good what's called tom holland is he really won't be on mcguire's level i think it's like a certain level of nostalgia that i have with bale and that i'm comparing affleck to yeah. him that makes me go i'm not as invested in him as i was in the dark knight series i mean yeah i get you but i feel like the problem with that is that ben affleck's batman just has never gotten the time to shine as his own you know story mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that we never got that uh batman movie with deathstroke just seeing that scene at the end of just, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League where like Lex Luthor reveals the secret identity of Deathstroke, I was like, bro, why would they cut this? What the hell? Like, people also, actually like, want to see that. Deathstroke's, Deathstroke does, Deathstroke's design is a per. He literally looks like he's straight out of the comic books with like the way they... Just his whole like design, too. I know I've talked about Cyborg, but Deathstroke was perfection. Do he look <laughs> like, like... That is the most accurate I've seen like from like like not even with his not just with his helmet on uh-huh. i've never seen another actor who looks so much like their comic book portrayal than the guy who was with Deathstroke, how he was with like the comic book guy yeah yeah dude you know what his look reminded me of it was uh injustice he looked like the injustice deathstroke i don't know if you remember yeah. that injustice and um the arkham games yeah I was like, he looks like he's straight out of the games it's amazing but let's go let's get into the plot of this so I wanted to know what you thought about like the overall plot. Okay, before we get into this, I know you said that you fell asleep when you watched the original 
I know you said you fell asleep when you tried to watch it, like, on an airplane trip or something. Like, did you ever finish it? Oh, uh, yeah, it was... I mean, I watched it, what's called a little rewatch of it, and then I did another recap of it later on. But, yeah, um, I remember, because that plane ride, I literally could not go to sleep. I just, like, my eyes were, like, glued open. I put on Justice League, and 20 minutes into it, I'm knocked out. <laughs> Magic And <call>. I knew, <laughs> just, yeah, just, just from, like, that little moment, I was like, okay, <laughs> this movie is obviously terrible because if it's so it's not it's not even terrible it's just boring it's like you, you don't get captivated in you it. can tell it's pieced together from like different like chunks of film like you could tell it's so inconsistent that's the problem like when i first watched it i had this feeling that i was like what is what is going on here like why does it feel so off like i remember i watched it with a couple of our buddies from a high school first time i watched it i remember i remember trying to tell myself yeah that was good but then i thought about it and i was like something just feels off about it you know like i could i just couldn't put my finger on it it feels it feels artificial with a lot of marvel movies as much crap as we do give them like they they feel natural like in their storytelling moments mm-hmm. justice league just doesn't have like that it factor to the it. 2017 it's so one, yeah. artificial just yeah yeah it's so bland and i think the snyder cut we are blessed with the fact that the Snyder Cut is four hours long compared to the fact that Whedon's was like two hours, I think. Something yep. like that. Less than so two hours. So Snyder did get, yeah, Snyder did get a hell of a, what kind of goddamn Justice League is less, Justice League movie is less than two hours right? long. Right? Suicide Squad was longer than that, dude. <laughs> exactly. I'm pretty sure Fantastic Four was longer than that, and we saw how that turned out. Like, how are you going to tell the tale where you introduce two new... Flash and Cyborg, pretty much two. Actually, I think Aquaman came Aqu- out after just. Yeah, Aquaman two, right? was new too. So, Flash, Cyborg, and Aquaman, all introduced in that movie, and you're gonna have it be. And also, you have to introduce Steppenwolf, and it's gonna be less than two hours long. Yeah, I think okay, because when you look at the original one, you compare it to the uh, Snyder cut. Hear a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's the general, the same general plot." I mean, you could you could argue that, and like I would say, I understand where you're coming from when you say that. Like the general plot skeleton is the same, but the way the narrative is told and like how it gives you gives each character time to breathe and develop some a bit more, it just makes it feel more rewarding when you do finish the story. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I am gonna be a little what's it called? pessimistic here or cynical here and i'm gonna start by talking about the worst points of snyder's justice league <laughs> there's not many there's only what's it called two things that i really had three things that i really had a problem okay with. the first one and they're, they're kind of stupid anyway but like okay, some scenes were like huh like nitpicky would you say uh. yeah they're a little nitpicky they're a little nitpicky it's just i'm just trying to what's it called? like because it's great but there, there there was like a little bit of work to be done that kind of made it like perfect uh-huh. first of all there was a really there were some really like weird scenes in there like the scene where like <laughs> after aquaman jumps in like the ocean oh okay yeah yeah the women yeah, start yeah, yeah, yeah. singing that was the part and they start like, like sniffing his yeah. jacket i was like is this gonna play into anything in the future and then okay i this is a spoiler for anyone who's listening yeah um, so i would not watch this now. podcast if you don't want spoilers <laughs> we're gonna be talking hell of spoilers on this yeah one. Martian Manhunter scenes. I love Martian Manhunter. He's one of my favorite characters in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. But either he's a complete idiot <laughs> or he's just so unwilling to help that he doesn't really give a damn about the Earth. Like, so we see, we see the, um, I read a callback that he's actually in Man of Steel, which means this man has seen Superman versus Batman. Yeah, he's the, he saw Steppenwolf pretty much he's the general taken from over. Man of Steel, yeah. Yeah. What was he doing? Okay. What was he doing? <laughs> I understand this, and I feel like everyone's. I feel. I'm well, not everyone. I feel like a lot of people have been saying this on Twitter, from what I've seen. I think the whole thing is he's kind of. I guess. I don't know. Maybe he's scared to come out there. I don't know how long he's been on Earth. That's the thing, and we don't. We never. We're not going to probably get more expansion on his backstory unless they they agree to continue with this uh, Zack Snyder version of DC Universe. But like, I, I get what you're saying. I understand that. But like me personally, I I kind of understand why he didn't come out. Maybe he just wasn't ready to do it because he's used to hiding. But like I think mm-hmm. that whole scene where he's talking to uh, was it Lois Lane? I think that scene kind of mm-hmm. like captures what he's doing. He's like working behind the scenes. That's why he's a general with the military and he was willing to work with Superman. I just think he was like kind of you know scared to go out there. But seeing the Justice League stand up to Steppenwolf kind of like uh, brought him. 
back to uh, I guess humanity. One thing that I did think about um, when thinking about like, Martian Manhunter not joining was that in the comics, Manhunter is always more of a watchdog than he is like their like fighter. He's mm-hmm. the one who notifies them that like what's going on. Yeah, like he's not really like the yeah. It's, and then Superman and everyone comes in and you know like they clean everything up. So that's where I was kind of like, okay, like maybe that makes sense, but people who won't read the comics won't get that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, um, oh, one thing that it's not hating, but one thing that I wish we saw, we got a little, what you call like a little cameo of it, mm-hmm. but I really wish we got Green Lantern. Dude, okay. <laughs> if we had Manhunter, we could have gotten Green Lantern. Here's the thing, and this is what pisses me off. We could have gotten a Green Lantern. You know how Martian Manager shows up at the end of the movie? That was supposed to yeah. be a Green Lantern. Warner Brothers didn't let Zack Snyder use a Green Lantern because they wanted to use Green Lantern in like a TV show or a movie or something at that point. And they still haven't done anything That's with so it. St- exactly. I mean, this is exactly okay. the mess that started this whole movement in the first place was WB. But not even... Yeah. Not even speaking from like a movie standpoint, from a literally commercial standpoint, that's fucking stupid. No one knows who Martian Manhunter is. No offense. Me and you, we read the comics, yeah. so we wouldn't know who he is. Uh-huh. But if you're like a person who's like, who only knows Batman and Superman and all that kind of stuff, there's no problem with like, what's it called, only knowing that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. by the way. I'm just saying, if like you're not really that into the comics. Yeah. You're going to have no idea who the hell Martian Manhunter is. I mean, yeah, and I feel like that's a problem with the movie in general. And, you know, this isn't a dig or anything. It's just like, I feel like a lot of, you know, somewhat more casual fans might be a bit lost at this movie. I mean, I feel like it does a good job of um, kind of explaining most of it. Like, you know, Flash's time travel and all that stuff. I feel like they do a decent job of, under- of like making you understand those like complicated comic book concepts like as a casual viewer but at the same time i do understand like why some people would be lost as casual fans of the film but that's just me for me for me i feel like what's it called most characters like main characters should at least have a movie before they actually do the whole like superhero squad thing with marvel we had thor hulk captain america and iron man all get their own movies before they did the avengers with what's it called um with sorry with shit <laughs> with dc we had superman get his own movie then batman got a movie with superman and then wonder woman got her movie and that was good but like i feel like you know flash cyborg those guys are still integral they should have got a movie and aquaman those guys all should have got movies beforehand so that the audience knows who they were like if the guardians of the galaxy showed up in what's it called like avengers one of the avengers movies we'd all be like who the hell are these guys but it's the fact that they got their own movie that made them so relevant in terms of the whole... Just the whole Marvel Universe is so connected because everyone already had their own story before, like, the whole big fight went down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I mean, personally, I disagree. I think the way that... I mean, you are right. We were blessed with that four-hour version. I think that's what really helped it and really gave us, you know, a full, like, realization of what these who these characters are. I feel like if... Uh, Zack Snyder had to compromise with his movie and cut it down to like you know two hours then it certainly wouldn't have worked at that pacing and all that but Mm -hmm. I think I mean there's a lot of movies that aren't part of big franchises that introduce a bunch of characters I think it's all about balancing the narrative and letting the characters breathe you know I wasn't. I wasn't what's called bashing on the Snyder cut. I was bashing on more the Whedon cut in that. Oh, okay, okay. Not the Snyder cut. Okay, sorry. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The Snyder cut. It, it's. It makes sense because at least you get some backstory with Barry. You get backstory with what they call Cyborg, and then you know Aquaman. Yeah. You get a little bit of backstory I mean, yeah. with Aquaman, but he's always supposed to be like. Yeah, Brother, kind of I like think Aquaman's TV. movie was coming like right after that, so they didn't really need to worry about that too much because they would just go into that with the next mm-hmm. movie. But like, yeah, I mean, I totally like understand where you're coming from. And I know a lot of my friends who are Marvel fans say the same thing. Personally, I'm fine with how they did it. And I know you you just, like, clarified that you think the Snyder Cut handled it fine. But, yeah, I, I, I understand why people would say that, you know, more casual fans might get lost with this. But this is, like, more of a fan, a fans, a movie for the comic book fans, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to move on to my last bashing of the movie before we start getting into the good stuff. <laughs> This one's stupid, but every single Wonder Woman scene had that background music. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh, I get what you're talking about. I knew someone was gonna say this because, like, like, yeah. I, every after, every like, time I, after the yeah. third hour, yeah, after like the third hour, I was like, 
okay, Snyder, this is unnecessary, bro. You don't need to keep doing this to me. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't really... That was more like the, the composer Junkie XL. Personally, I, I mean, I think they were trying to spin the Wonder Woman theme and make it a bit more new, like add a little more gravitas to it. <laughs> like, it was so stupid. For, for, for me, I don't think it was like... It didn't bother me, but like, <laughs> I understand why. No, no, it didn't. It didn't bother me, but it was just like it got funny after a while. Cause I was like, okay, if we see Wonder Woman, you already know we're getting that background. It was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I, I, I can. That's a fair criticism. Yeah, I can get behind. That. I understand that. But now that I started talking about the criticisms, I'm gonna let you start talking about the good parts. Okay. So, go ahead. so the very first thing I want to talk about: Ray Fisher's cyborg, dude. Oh my god, he has so much so much more characterization in this movie. And going into this film, we were told multiple times by Snyder and Fisher that Cyborg's um Cyborg's story was like the heart of the film. And I didn't really understand how they were gonna do that until I saw the movie for myself and I just saw how much was slashed and I was like, How can you get rid of that? Like it was such good stuff. Cyborg His stories just his whole his backstory all of his scenes were easily like the best parts of the film for me like i was captivated from the start with cyborg i don't know why for some reason like i, I guess it's just the actor playing the, the the role but he was great in all of those scenes like the scene where he's crying to his mom about the fact that his dad doesn't show up to his games like i was like damn that's authentic I know, right there man. dude that, that got me yeah and then the personal and everything the part where he buried the mother box in his own grave i was like holy shit that's deep and then like all of his mannerisms yeah. and facial expressions they're sorry i cut you off yeah that's fine <laughs> i was gonna say like all of all of his mannerisms and facial expressions they're like they are really good ray fisher's a really good actor when it comes to cyborg at least i don't know if any of his other roles but he killed it in this for me right and like the thing is he's not a well-known actor um snyder is known for like getting lesser known actors and i think this film like mm-hmm. if it if they've been released with the original footage I think it really could have like helped his career but it really sucks what he's going through right now with like getting into legal disputes with wb because of all this abuse that happened after snyder left um or abuse allegations I, i'm pretty i'm pretty much believing him but you know gotta say allegations but yeah mm-hmm. um i was gonna say one other thing i do like is that pretty much all of the actors in their roles have a really natural charisma when it comes to all the scenes they really feel connected to each other there's no awkwardness or anything between them a lot of really good chemistry jason momoa is a great actor ben affleck has been proven to be a great actor gal gadot i'm kind of like she's okay she's to me she was like she's one of the weaker actors of the movie she's a good actor don't get me wrong or actress sorry good actress but like she's okay she looks badass Uh, though i'll give her that she yeah, looks she looks, hella she, badass. She looks like the typical Wonder Woman, but I don't know something about so just something about her makes you go like, eh. Ezra Miller. I've always loved him. He plays that role like perfectly. Ray Fisher. This was like his, supposed to be his breakout role, and he killed it. Even Steppenwolf, like just the way they portray. Okay, actually, <laughs> I feel really bad for Steppenwolf. Dude, like, I know, right? He sucks at his job. <laughs> <laughs> He's so... Okay, he's a great villain. Very intimidating and all that kind of stuff. But come on, man. We see him wipe out a whole, like, freaking territory of Amazons. And then he just gets fucking beat down (laughs) the rest of the movie. It's like beat down after beat down after beat down after beat down. And then, you know, the other guy rubbing it in his face is like, I'm with what's it called Darkseid and you win. You gotta get 50,000 more rolls before you get caught. Yeah, Yeah, I mean... That's what I liked about Steppenwolf in this movie. I feel like he has so much more motivation. Like in the first the first movie he was or the original theatrical version of the film, he felt like such a one note villain, you know, he's like, I'm gonna conquer this world and no one's gonna survive. Like that was it. He didn't have any motivations besides that he wanted to be a conqueror and wipe out life on earth or whatever. But in this movie he actually had something to prove. Like he had to prove himself Honestly, to Darkseid thinking about it i get what you mean about the whole the michael bay transformers movies he looks like a decepticon <laughs> <He looks> like, <laughs> i'm thinking about but, it i see but i love michael bay's transformers so that's why i loved it even more yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Those movies are amazing, top tier movies. Well, to me at least. <laughs> to me <laughs> too. Like, they're the th- type of things where yeah, you can. Ju- they're the type of movies where you just turn your brain off and you just enjoy two big ass robots beating the crap out of each other, pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, no, he really does look like. I'm thinking about it like I'm thinking about Megatron and Steppenwolf and like putting them next to each other, and I don't know something about their facial features are very very similar to me. I wonder if Snyder got a little bit of a, a little bit of like inspiration from there also i didn't know christopher nolan was on this movie at all oh yeah christopher nolan was really involved with this movie like it was really interesting what happened like i don't know if you read the article but there was an article where like they said christopher nolan literally watched the whedon version and he literally he like went straight to Zack snyder after he watched the theatrical and he was like don't watch this movie like he straight up said don't watch this movie they totally ripped it to shreds pretty much I got um I feel like there was a little bit of a Batman be- okay the beginning really reminded me of Batman all oh, the training thing at the Bruce yeah. yeah yeah Bruce comes in from nowhere to like the snowy place to a place where no one really knows who he uh-huh. is you know he asked for help or something like that it's just I was like I've seen this before there was another scene where I thought like this is a callback but I can't remember exactly what it was but um yeah that scene really was like okay this feels like it was heavily inspired by Nolan. Oh, the bank scene. The, sh- the robbery scene, I was like... Dude, the bank scene in this movie okay. is way better, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, the action. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of, you know, Wonder Woman, like, running like that. <laughs> it looked kind of weird to me at first, but it was something that I was, like, livable with. And I wanted to talk about the action, too. I'm all over the place right now because I love this movie, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I am talking a little bit of crap about it today, but, like, I really, really liked it. It was one of those movies where I... It was four hours long and at the end i was like damn that was it i know <laughs> because right? it was that good okay it was that good but go ahead. so go on go ahead with the action then that's what you're gonna talk about the action snyder i feel like he is a good action like director with like this is all of his action scenes they're really good to me like i really coming okay <laughs> sorry let me get my thoughts together really quick i watched um captain america civil war last week and they were like 40 camera cuts in I think a grand total of 10 or 11 seconds oh and I my was like God. dog this is like I got like kind of sick after a while I was like this is not it Snyder you know a lot of his scenes they're very long the cuts are like deliberate and only used when they're needed and the action is actually good like you act you can actually tell like the characters are getting the crap beaten out of them sometimes yeah the choreography is really good in this movie like some of my favorite scenes um there was that one with the Amazons at the beginning of the movie. Like, you could feel the tension building when the mother box is going to open and then Steppenwolf's going to come in and slaughter all of them. But, like, in the first, in the original, I keep calling it the first, but the original theatrical version, like, he completely wipes the floor with them. But in this one, they kind of, they're, like, on even footing, kind of. Like, they they keep trading mm-hmm. victories. Like, they seal them and then they drop them in the, they drop them in the temple, like, they drop them into the ocean or something. And dude just comes out. And I'm like... Jeez, he just it's, he just came mm-hmm. back. They like they should have killed him like right there, but he he just comes out like. I mean, obviously we knew he wasn't dead, but like it's just crazy how how many Amazon sacrificed themselves to try to kill this dude. Mm-hmm. That scene or what's it called? Um, Steppenwolf. Like he jumps out of nowhere, and like he just like fucking like this. Ah, uh, the, the Amazon scene was so cool too. It was all. <laughs> I am fanboying over this movie a lot because this is the first this is the first DC movie since pretty much The Dark Knight Rises where I'm like, this was great. Shazam was good and all that kind of stuff. It was more campy and I was like, you know, that's not really like what I'm looking for in a superhero this movie. It's like a grand Wonder scale Woman thing. was okay. Yeah, yeah. Um like Shazam was great. I love Shazam. Like it's a movie I'll rewatch, but it's not like it's not really a superhero movie. It's more of a comedy movie featuring a superhero, mm-hmm. if you know what and I mean. And then there's also, like, Joker. Yeah. I Wonder- love Joker, but that that, w- that oh, was not the same. But- that was not the same, you know. Yeah. The same, like, I guess, theme. Mm-hmm. Joker is not a movie about a supervillain or anything. It's about a man with pretty much mental issues. Oh, we could like, we could talk about Joker all is- the time, but, like, we got to save that for, like, another Yeah, <laughs> we got to save that for later. Speaking of the Joker, Leto completely saves his Joker this time. Yes, I feel dude. Like, <laughs> okay, I I was surprised you actually when you actually told me that the first time that you actually thought he did better, because mm-hmm. I feel like it was very mixed with people I talked about. Some people thought he did better. Some people thought he was the same. Personally, I think he mm-hmm. he really nailed that creepiness down in this and that scene with Batman. 
Because, like, there, there's a one line where they're, like, where Batman's, like, I'll literally fucking kill you. And I was, like, dude, this yeah. is crazy. We've never seen them, like, this brutal with each other. Like, this is, they're, they're in the You knew that, what's it called? Yeah. You knew that they weren't, they weren't together when they recorded that scene? Uh, I think I remember reading something about that. It was, like, the stunt double, wasn't it? Yeah, that's crazy, though. Affleck and Nozick, they looked like they were, like, so into it, and they weren't even together. Right. Also, uh, um, I want to say, whoever said that he did the same as he did in Suicide Squad needs to go rewatch Suicide Squad because the Joker in there was literally unwatchable. Right. It was unwatchable. I mean, I I I keep I feel like I keep defending DC so much. I mean, I'm just a huge DC fan, but like, a Joker in this movie was like exponentially better. I think it's just because they slashed all that footage. I mean, we just, we missed like I think thirty minutes of footage. I think Jared Leto said from Suicide Squad. So, I think the content he was given here was just so much, so much better in my opinion. Honestly, I just hated his character design in Suicide Squad. Like, Joker was slicked back, a mob kind of guy. It's kind of like it's not the Joker that I remember. Even in all the famous Batman comics, he's more of a loner, or he's with Harley. Like, he's not one of those kind of guys. It's, I don't think I've ever read an actual like in the long Halloween I don't know Joker is in the long Halloween I forgot but he's not really like a mob guy mm-hmm. with the vampires I remember he is like he's with a mob but it's it's, it's not like the, the extent he's literally a mob boss in Suicide Squad I've never really seen mob boss Joker in the comics before and the way they designed him made it kind of like I do not like this at all I mean yeah I, 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 could, I can understand that personally like I think mm-hmm. if they went with like you know the more classic suit joker like you know wearing a suit that would be better but like i really liked how he was wearing a swat vest in this one <laughs> like it looks so badass they were all wearing swat vests weren't they oh no it was just him wearing the it swat was just vest, him wearing right? the swat vest then everyone else is like wearing like a bunch of like post-apocalyptic gear i love batman's look mm-hmm. in the post-apocalyptic because- world with the coat it looked really cool. yeah that was we we've had a nightmare sequence in batman versus superman too right yeah that yeah. was um that was the one where superman was like gonna scene. kill him Mm-hmm. Speaking of Superman, he was also really good in this movie too. Dude, um, th- he was like God, that scene where like he's just showing up and like also I love the scene where Aquaman and what's it called Flash like <laughs> they're trying to beat him up <laughs> and then like he just like walks past Aquaman and like Flash runs straight into Aquaman. That was Flash was hilarious. <laughs> but back to Superman, back to Superman, Henry Cavill, he is like an amazing if DC knows one thing is that they know how to cast their characters really well Cavill looks like a Superman I don't know if that's how you say his last name is it Cavill or Cavill I think it's Cavill I've heard both I, I'm going I go with Cavill though mm-hmm. so Cavill he looks like Superman Affleck could totally play like a Dark Knight Returns kind of style Batman Wonder Woman Gal Gadot is like the perfect thing for that I'm not going to name them all again because I already did it earlier <laughs> in the podcast but you know what I mean yeah and like <laughs> What I loved about Superman in this movie, they got rid of that shitty-ass mustache CGI, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how goofy his it mouth was. looked in the first one? Ugh, like, they didn't even try with that. But, like, I remember he was just so powerful in that last, like, the last battle scene. Like, dude, I just remember he was just beating the, the shit out of Steppenwolf, bro. He broke his head. I was like, holy shit. He keeps just pitching it over and over and over again. And I was like... Bro, like, chill. Not even the villains go this hard with, like, the superheroes, <laughs> man. Like, damn. Superman showed no mercy. And, like, his whole character, like... Yeah. It was, like, soulless, in a sense. Like, the whole time. It's because it's, like, Superman trying to, like, remember who he is and all that kind of stuff. And, like, he's still, like, going back to his roots. But, like, it's scary. I really want to see an u- evil Superman movie. Yeah, and it looked like, like that's what they were going with it. Yeah. And, like, what I... The thing is... Yeah. Go ahead. You go first. You what go first. I really liked about... The Superman 2 was the music they used when they brought him back. Like, I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember Man of Steel's music, but dude, it's some of my favorite music from films. Like, Hans Zimmer is mm-hmm. freaking genius with his music. Amazing. And they brought it back. Junkie XL, like, mixed it up a bit. And I just I just love that theme with this Superman. Like, it just fits him so perfectly. I don't remember exactly what music they used for... When Superman returned, they started, like beating the crap out of everyone right uh the one when he showed up and he fought steppenwolf oh oh that one okay yeah i don't remember what music they use i'm blinking now but i did want to also mention since you brought up music the soundtrack for this movie fits it's good i really liked it a lot like m- music always adds a lot to those tense scenes 
And this was one of those films where I was like, because for a lot of films, like the soundtrack falls kind of short. I feel like in the first one, I didn't notice or not. I'm saying the first one too now, <laughs> not the first <laughs> one. Were, the, the theatrical, theatrical yeah. cut, like I didn't notice it as much. But other than Wonder Woman's music showing up every single time, like the orchestra, the orchestral music, all the background music, it just fit. This whole movie flowed very well. I really, I think the problem with the theatrical version was they they got this guy named Danny Elfman. You know who Danny Elfman is, right? I feel like I've heard of him, but I don't know anything like he's done. So he's done like all the like the the classic superhero themes. Like he's done the the old uh, Batman '89 music, um, the original Spider-Man trilogy music. What they did was they brought him back, and he he pretty much like modernized the old superhero themes from like the old Superman and Batman movies. And like the reason mm-hmm. it didn't fit with this movie was because that's not the same kind of tone as his universe. You know, this universe is much darker. Mm-hmm. There's very like. I guess there's a much more dangerous threat coming on the horizon on this universe. Like, it just doesn't fit. That's why the music doesn't work. It's because they relied so much on nostalgia baiting with the theatrical version with the music. That, like, they didn't really work on making their own thing. And it just ended up being, like, I guess, a bit of a mess music-wise. One other thing I wanted to talk about was Steppenwolf's Minions are not just like mindless little like you know side characters just get beat up at every single scene they're in they actually pose pretty serious threats like throughout the movie like during the scene where flash is going so fast he's trying to like you know i don't remember why flash was trying to go so fast he was charged was it just he was trying to revert he was trying generate energy right he was trying to generate energy so he could get cyborg inside the uh the unity the mother box yeah yeah or like the unity yeah so what's got to reverse all the mother boxes but like the fact that it wasn't Steppenwolf himself but one of his minions who stopped that like added into like this their seriousness too like they actually in all other like superhero movies the minions are never a general like a genuine threat that they're always just there to get for the superheroes to beat up and look mm-hmm. good but like in this one they actually played pretty integral roles from kidnapping um cyborg's dad to like you know all those kind of guys in order to interrogate them to actually stopping flash and almost screwing them up completely yeah like i remember there was this one shot of them dragging atlanteans out of the water like i I just remember thinking that's so badass why'd they cut that out <laughs> it just looks so yeah cool like that's crazy they're yeah they're like also they're just terrifying yeah they're terrifying like and imagine them taking these guys who are literally powerful in the water out of the water like that just shows how how strong they are and how dangerous of a threat mm. they are for some reason, their character design kind of reminded me of the Court of Owls. I don't know. Something about it, I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, that's what I think of when I see them. I know they're not owls and all that kind of stuff, but they just, I don't know. Something about it. It's like, it looks like a little reference. I never thought about that. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, like... It does look a little like it to me. I don't, I don't think it's intentional, but that's what I thought of when I saw them. And, like, okay, I wanted to, like, bring it back a bit to the Flash. I love that mm-hmm. they included the time travel aspect to the flash in this movie like they did it a couple times like he reversed like when he when he supercharges the mother box to bring back superman they kind of like reverse time a bit but then he straight up reverse time mm-hmm. at the end of the movie to save to save the team basically and i just i really liked how they did that and it wasn't you know i mean i don't want to be mean to the cw but like they didn't do it in that cringy way the cw does like it actually felt really epic Honestly, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of got turned off by the CW shows because there was just something about them that made me kind of go like, "This ain't really it." The Flash show was, I'm sorry, but the Flash show was straight up terrible. After the first two seasons, like I, would I say did the not, first two seasons yeah, were bombed. yeah. I think we after after Flashpoint occurred, it got really bad at times. Like I was just like I was trying to watch it, and then there were a lot of scenes where I was like, "Well, why the hell did they put this in?" And then with Arrow, I actually got in when it was at its stronger moments. But even then, I wasn't really, like, captivated enough. The only DC show I've really been into is Gotham. Dude, Gotham wait, is amazing. Have we ever talked about <laughs> Gotham? Holy shit. No, we haven't. Dude. We should do that for another oh, okay. episode, yeah, too. Yeah, for another Gotham episode, we might do Gotham, yeah. Okay. Okay, let's go back <laughs> before but we get too sidetracked. Back to Justice League. Um, I wanted to... Oh, let's talk about... What's it called? Um, Sorry, let's just talk about... What do you think about like, the differences in visions between Snyder and Whedon? Okay. Do you think if Whedon was given four hours, it would be, like, nearly as good as this? Oh, hell no. No, I don't think so. Nope. And there, there's the thing. Consistency is the key. That's the problem with mm-hmm. um, the theatrical version. Like, 
I'm, I'm I'm sure I told you the story behind like the actual reasons why Snyder left originally. It was because his daughter, unfortunately, like, like you know, mm-hmm. she she committed suicide and he had to leave the project. And then Warner Brothers kind of used it as a scapegoat to replace him because Batman v Superman and Man of Steel weren't received the best. And like I think mm-hmm. that's just the the most underhanded shit they, that a studio could ever do. And I have no respect for them for doing that shit. But the thing that makes me even more angry from like as a fan is that they came in and tried to undermine him and get this guy who's known for Avengers and try to do that with Justice League. And you, you watch it and you see it doesn't work, you know? Because DC characters have always been darker. They've never been like, you know, super lighthearted. I know people like to say Superman and Wonder Woman are, but in this universe, they aren't really, you know, lighthearted. And they don't need to be. I think the problem is WB tried to make them into like a Marvel carbon copy. And we didn't need that with DC, you know? We needed something different. That's what the Snyder Cut did for us. But we didn't get it until years after it was supposed to come to us, you know? I find it funny how they got the guy who's responsible for pretty much, like, the worst Avengers movie (laughs) (laughs) to get to Justice League. Like, okay, I like Age of Ultron and all that kind of stuff, but that movie has a lot of really stupid flaws in it, too. But, um, yeah, back to Whedon and Snyder. With Snyder, it feels like there's actual, like, I'm I'm a sucker for passion when it comes to music, movies, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Like, if someone like actually like cares about what they're doing, what they're making, I will love it too, because I love seeing when like people actually like, care about the things they make. With Snyder, you got that sense of passion. He wanted that movie to mm-hmm. be great. Like that plays a big part into his movies because like as crappy as they can be sometimes, like you can still tell his heart's in the right place when he's trying to make them. Like he's he's not doing this just for the money or for any of that kind of stuff uh-huh. like he really enjoys doing this you can tell that we didn't in both of the movies I've seen by him so far I do not get that same like sentiment he doesn't it doesn't seem like he really like studies the characters that he's like actually directing because mm-hmm. a lot of them do some really stupid boneheaded stuff that doesn't make sense compared to like their actual characters for example and okay um, I'm going to a more Marvel scene in Age of Ultron 2 how the hell are you going to have a speedster killed by freaking bullets? <laughs> Quicksilver. I don't know if you've seen Major Ultron. How Bro, the hell? That was, that so was the stupidest dumb. thing in the world. Oh I know, my God. I know there was like... I know they couldn't have Quicksilver in like the future films, but you could literally just have him like not share Wanda's sentiments about joining the Avengers. And just have him, trust have him, him. He just stay like, off leaves. on the side. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Why the hell would you have to shoot this guy? <laughs> it's so stupid. Speedsters literally are like, known for being faster than bullets. That makes no freaking sense. <laughs> but like, okay, okay, like at least, at least with Flash, like getting hit by um the thing, it was that like he was running he was in a running circle straight and you couldn't really it. see he around. Was running him. straight towards it, and that's also, and also it's alien technology, so it's like you know it has, it's, there's it's a little not bit straight like, up bullets. Oh, like, 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 I understood what they were doing with it. It wasn't like. Yeah, he had the option to avoid. Quicksilver it. got shot. Quicksilver got shot with like a literal gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was the stupidest. The thing with the thing with Whedon's version of Justice League, going back to Justice League, is like, I feel like he's also like very fucking. He's kind of pervy. Like, have you noticed how many ass shots are in um, the theatrical versions yes. that were cut out? Like, I don't want to get too much into that. You know, if we're gonna talk about pervy movies. DC does not have a good case for this, Loki, because we got Suicide Squad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh my god, no, 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 no! I mean, that there were some scenes that I literally turned it off. I've never finished Suicide Squad. I literally turned it off halfway through after you get that one scene of Harley bending over. What's it called? To get like the little thing that she stole. Because I was like, that was fucking unnecessary. Why? Like, what is the point here? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, I I I have nothing to say to that. I'll, I'll just yeah, I'll let, you got yeah. no excuses. Okay, you can you you can make excuses for every single other DC movie, and I'll get your point. But Suicide Squad is a fucking dumpster fire. <laughs> we could have a whole two hour long discussion. I'm sorry, you can go ahead and say whatever you want, but in my eyes, I'm I not hate. I'm not gonna movie. argue with you because like, I feel like Suicide Squad is a very divisive movie, and I know a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of Snyder fans are also huge fans of that movie, and there's also like a movement to start a cut for David Ayer because a lot some he dealt he dealt with a lot of similar issues to Snyder when it came to like yeah I read about interference that. yeah so I'm not gonna really really get into that I don't know how much of that was WB and how much of that was him so I'm like I'm not even gonna bother with that because I'm not like you know the most informed on it but 
I think in general, superhero movies just have a really bad history with perviness, and that's just because that's how comics are, you know? There's it's a very mm-hmm. male dominated um I guess genre of storytelling. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what we got in getting movies, but I I'm glad it's leaning more towards, you know, being less objectified. But I think Charles Whedon's Justice League was like a huge step back from that. It wasn't super noticeable, but just like you could tell that they really tried their best. Because like, there's this one scene where Flash lands on Wonder Woman in the theatrical version. Yeah, I know, I know what scene that you're talking wasn't, about. <laughs> that wasn't even Gal Gadot. She refused to do it. She refused to do it. She had to stunt so double do it. So what's the point? I had I, I was gonna say two things. Well, first going back to Suicide Squad, I was gonna say the only redeemable thing about that was that mobile game that they had that was fire. Uh, <laughs> the <yes>. one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the second thing I was going to say was that I feel like Warner Brothers has a lot of people who interfere with people who are actually with Marvel it's basically you know it's basically they, they give Phage the Kevin Fe- I don't know if that's how you say it Kevin Phage like the guy who's like that I don't know how to say his name but okay <laughs> I don't know how to say his name <laughs> you know that guy <laughs> that guy they kind of give him like free reign to do what he wanted with his with what's it called Marvel and that's why like they've been produced so well while Warner Brothers it seems like they have a lot of fights and that's not even on freaking DC that's on the actual companies that own them Marvel is like they're luckier with even with Disney Disney screwed up Star Wars pretty much from what I've heard I haven't seen Star Wars oh, so when you get into I've Star heard, Wars I'm gonna have talk to you about that because like I feel like people that get into Star Wars now are kind of defensive of Disney Star Wars, but we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've heard they've ruined Star Wars and all that kind of stuff, but Warner Brothers needs to stop putting so much studio interference into their damn movies and just let the people that they hired make the movies they want to make. Yeah, like, look at look at Joker, dude. They, they tried to shoot down Joker. Joker is one of the best they DC did? movies that came out in recent years. Yeah. I think it was. That, I don't want to. I don't want to like say it's a hundred percent Walter Hamada. That's the current president of DC Films right now, I believe. But mm-hmm. I think it was him. But one of the huge, one of the big guys up at DC Films, they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna shoot down this film Joker. It doesn't seem like it's, you know, safe for us to release in movie theaters, or like it's not family friendly enough, or whatever, something like that." And I was thinking to myself, like, "Are you on crack? Like, this is such a unique thing for the superhero genre." Like, say what you will about Joker. I know most people love it, but some people have, like, really strong dislikings towards it. But say what you will about it, it's one of the most unique comic book movies in the genre, like, today. Like, especially with superhero fatigue as it is, with, like, us getting, like, mm-hmm. five to ten super movies a year. I think it's one of the most unique things that DC has ever done, and it amazes me that WB tried to shoot it down. I think Warner Brothers is the main reason why DC is not at the level that what's it like you know marvel and other movie industries are today joker was a turning point for dc but like the fact that you have your studio messing with like your own movie and all that kind of stuff and making it worse intention like what are these people thinking about joker was a very in the box offices i know it killed it it was very like high grossing for the um budget it had it was i'm pretty sure it wasn't like it didn't have a very high budget but um, it broke a billion dollars dude it's crazy yeah from now from now on if i hear that what's it called like you know a dc movie has like studio interference with the director i'm just gonna assume that it hasn't been that great because warner brothers seems to screw up their movies at every chance they get when it comes to dc yeah and like i think one of the craziest things about this whole situation is that it kind of introduced like something that's been very unprecedented like we've never gotten a movie like this where the fans are in such demand for something you know like we've never we as fans have never had to fight so hard for something to be released like we have literally thousands of people tweeting hashtag release the Snyder Cut for years and it finally happened but like we as fans should not be having to do that you know the studios should be listening to what fans want and it seems like Warner Brothers is still trying to shoot down this notion that we're going to get more Snyder stuff in that universe and I'm like why why are you doing this like people obviously love this version way more than they do the shitty version from 2017 and you're gonna go ahead and get rid of it? Like, what? I'm gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate here. The thing is, the movie we're talking about was great, but it was four hours long. Snyder, when it comes to his movies, he doesn't have the greatest track. I'm not dissing what's it called Snyder at all, but he doesn't have the greatest track record so far. If you could make four hour films, I'd be like, hell yeah. I would watch each and every oh, yeah, one yeah. of those. And you know, they, I'm sure they'd be great. But the thing is, 
no one, no one's not not no one, but not that many people are gonna go and watch a four-hour film. I feel like Snyder cutting it down is where he kind of messes up a little bit. He's a great director, but he needs someone else to be like the creative process for him, where they're the ones who piece like the move the parts of the movie together. I, I think, and that brings me to my point that I don't think it's up to WB any anymore, because like I think Snyder's like, I think if Snyder's universe is gonna continue, it's gonna go over to HBO Max. Like that's. HBO Max has a lot of respect for him. Like, I know I forget what his name is, but one of the big guys at HBO Max really is a fan of Snyder's work. So I really hope mm-hmm. they do continue it on that on that streaming platform because HBO Max actually does give a shit about what he's doing, and they're willing to give him that full platform that he needs. So like, I really hope that's where it goes with this because WWE doesn't is, know what the hell they're doing. Uh, honestly, sometimes. Would would he be allowed to use those characters because they are owned by Warner Brothers? That, if he goes to HBO, that was my that was the main thing I was thinking about. I was like, legally, is he allowed to use these characters without WB's consent? But the thing is, because we've seen them, um, yeah, like literally, we've seen even with um, we're gonna go back to Marvel for with a Spider Man. We've seen the shit show, yeah, with Spider Man, and Spider Man is stupidly profitable, like. If, the, if, if a company like Sony is that unwilling to give up, like, Spider-Man for, like, those big blockbuster movies, how, like, willing is WB going to be to give to a director they don't like already from what we've been reading and seeing about him and they don't have, like, any trust in? I mean, the thing is, I think I saw, like, a like a chart. Warner Brothers is small, like, not small, but it's only a part of, like, Warner Media in general. That's, like, the whole company that owns Warner Brothers Films. So, like, it's not up to Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. it's up to the head of Warner Media. I think that I think his name is Jason Keelar. He's the guy that's in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. So, it's up ultimately, ultimately, it's up to him to see what happens with these characters and their talks with HBO Max. Like, I have optimism that we're gonna make we're gonna make more of this universe happen because I hope we do. Yeah, because like you see how how much better of a reaction this film got than the 2017 version. You're like, there's no way they're gonna drop like such a profitable and you know appealing to fans project is this mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to say if we get any more Snyder movies I would love a movie based on the Nightmare Universe dude I oh, oh my god my, dude that was that was the main scene that was stuck in my head after it all like what's it called like the whole movie ended like that's all it was so good one thing I wouldn't like Amber Heard fuck Amber Heard get her out of there replace her with someone else but like just like you know keep the whole nightmare sequence make that into a whole movie please I would love it okay Amber Heard is sad because even setting aside all that personal shit that we all know is going around with her and Johnny Depp she's just not a good actress mm-hmm. I'm sorry she's very wooden dude she was the shittiest part of Aquaman oh big facts <laughs> I'm gonna be honest big facts. I uh, hate I don't her. wanna be a but, dick um, but like anyway. she just she just wasn't good yeah. but other yeah. than that dude like the whole universe is just so appealing to me because one of the biggest DC things that one of the biggest things that got me into DC as I like kind of grew older was the Injustice storyline, and seeing Superman yeah, evil. That's what I was gonna say, dude. Seeing Superman it evil just completely is just, reminded me. Yeah, that. dude, it's just so scary seeing Superman evil because like you know he could like I don't have you seen the boys on H on um not HBO Max on Amazon Prime Video by any chance? No, I have not yet. Oh, okay, never mind. But there's like this there's like this character called Homelander. He's pretty much the same way. Like, he could kill mm. the entire human race if he wanted to, but he always chooses to hold back and do what's good. But, like, can you imagine an unhinged Superman working with Darkseid of all people? That's freaking terrifying, dude. I mean, was, I think the closest thing we're ever going to get to that is Bizarro. I mean, yeah, That's and it. I don't think Bizarro was ever in the in the plans. So, like... Well, no, Bizarro was in the game. I, was it in the game? No, he was yeah, in the game, game, but he, right? wasn't in the, like, he wasn't in the story, though. He was like a he yeah. was like a skin. But that would, mm-hmm. I love what they call a bizarre story. Yeah, but like, um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, you go first. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, like again, like what I said with in- injustice. Like another thing I liked about it is seeing superheroes and supervillains working together to fight Superman. Like seeing Batman, Deathstroke, and Joker working together is something that like comic book fans could only dream of. But like seeing that happen on screen was just so crazy especially that last scene where him and joker are talking and he's like mm-hmm. he's like um 
I was holding you Harley Quinn me. while she was dying. And she oh, she man, told me yeah. with her dying breath that when I kill you and make no mistake, I will fucking kill you. He's like, that would do it slowly. And I was like, this is exactly what we needed with the Batman and Joker rivalry. They've always been like this. Like, they've, they've always been sworn Dude. enemies. And there's, there's always going to be a point where Batman just loses his shit and just goes off on him. The thing is, we never really see that in the comics because Joker kind of sums it up perfectly where he's like, Batman needs Joker. Like, it's it's like it's like uh, it's as stupid as it is. It's like Harry Potter. Like what's it called? One cannot survive while the other like lives or something. Like no, no, sorry. It's like Harry Potter and that like they kind of need each other. You know? Yeah, they're like they're they're intertwined. Yeah, forever. Yeah, like their their fates are tangled together, and that's that's <laughs> something I've always and, loved about Joker and Batman. Like how they're they're like one of the best like hero and villain dynamics in storytelling in general, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like. Just the way that their lives intersect and how they like kind of mirror each other, I really liked how that scene brought that out. I feel like it also really makes you think of like how great of a superhero is Batman, really. The fact that he lets this like freaking psychopath keep murdering citizens citizens of Gotham because Batman knows that if Joker like dies out, eventually all the other what's it called villains, you know, they're gonna leave. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're, they're, something's gonna happen with them. But like with Joker, like you know that he's always gonna be like that, and the fact that Batman keeps him around because he's afraid of staying irrelevant, afraid of becoming irrelevant, makes you wonder like, how pure is Batman's character right yeah, there? Yeah, and he, Joker says the best in the Killing Joke. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I forgot what the quote was. It was like, what was the quote? Do you remember what the quote was? Joker was basically like, kill me. No, Joker was basically like, he. It was the same thing. He was like, you can't kill me, and I can't kill you because the and we'll, we'll, we'll just be stuck in this cycle forever and ever. Yeah. And the yeah. thing I think is, I always see people like complaining about how this Batman is like more of a killer, and I'm like, mm-hmm. the way Batman works in real life, if he didn't kill anyone mm-hmm. at all, he wouldn't get shit done because everyone would just keep coming back over and over again. And like, what I really like about Ben Affleck's Batman is he doesn't he gets shit done, dude. Like he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's at this point in his career Affleck, where he yeah. doesn't care anymore. He's not. He's like an older Batman who knows that. You know, it's futile unless you bring an end to it. Like he He's a great the Dark Knight Returns Batman. Yeah, exactly. Like and I love the Dark Knight Returns Batman. Like he knows he kinda like he gets shit done because like if you think about it, bringing down these criminals and not killing them, it doesn't really make any sense because like you would have to kill most of these villains to stop them. They they would get the death sentence in real life. Most of them. Mm-hmm. If not all of them. I mean Gotham has like the two worst freaking run prisons in American history in terms well Arkham isn't really a prison it's more like a mental facility but like you know it's kind of the same uh-huh. I forgot the other one it was, like, it was like Black Blackgate Blackgate there we go like people be running around all the time just like like it's like the guards leave the doors open for them to just dip mm-hmm. <laughs> so if Batman didn't kill them like what the hell would they be doing there? it would just be Gotham being overrun with crime over and over when, whenever it came to Gotham I always felt like Gotham was more like Chicago and LA while Metropolis was New York because I feel like over here in Chicago like crime is a lot more like it's a lot more noticeable and it's a lot more grimy at times more mainly Chicago and then like with New York Metropolis like you know it's seen as like the center of the US well not DC is the center obviously but like New York is like the haven you know I always Mm -hmm. got that kind of feeling from it yeah that was just a little tangent I had my (laughs) bad I was thinking about it oh but um Blake we are go ahead but like again, like what I said is, Batman can't have that idealistic "I won't kill" thing forever, and I think that mm-hmm. that's more that's a more realistic take on him, where he like he kind of loses his sense of like I guess morality, especially because this is a universe where everything has gone to shit. Like every, the entire Earth mm-hmm. is overcome by an alien invasion, and there's literally an evil Superman running around. Like, how can you expect him not to be, you know? completely out of character a killer yeah like how can you expect him mm-hmm. to be not be completely fucking broken by this whole situation so um i was gonna say we are running a little bit out of time so just before we end this episode i wanted to ask you we do this every time give it a rating out of 10 <sighs> okay this is really you want me to go first yeah yeah you go ahead first yeah okay i would say a 7.5 out of 10 because it was very good entertainment. I did have a few problems with it. I mean, if we're comparing it to the original, it's a 10 out of 10. 
Snyder had me, what's it called? A 7.5 out of 10 to me is something that I enjoyed, something that I would rewatch, not like, you know, like intensely rewatch over and over again, but something where if I had the time mm-hmm. and I saw that as an option, I'd be like, hey, what the hell? Like, let's just do it. Because at its very like, least, it is a superhero movie and it's a very enjoyable one at that. Okay. Well, this is really hard for me because I've been following this movement since I think like 2018. I wasn't there. So it's more personal. Yeah, thing. I wasn't there from the very beginning, like in 2017. Um, I think I was like I joined late 2018, early 2019. So like seeing this movie come to life and having it become a reality is just something so surreal to me because it's it it's always been more than a film to a lot of people, and I know that seems it might seem like a mm-hmm. bit cheesy, but like it represents so much. Like it's de- it's devoted to his to his daughter who lost her life as we know unfortunately wait in the beginning that's one of the scenes isn't it, it says or is that the end i forgot it's like dedicated to it says for for autumn yeah is that the beginning or the end I can't it's remember. at the end right when martian manager leaves oh, it yeah. fades to black and it says for autumn and i think that that's like mm-hmm. that's why this movie means so much to me because it represents so much it represents like the i guess the revival of his project and his passion because you saw WB really shot on what he originally created, and it was really scummy of what they did to him, considering the tra- the tra- the tragedy he went through. I think that that just that enough makes it a very powerful movie to me. And on top of that, as a comic book fan, I felt like it really explored a lot of stuff that I really wanted to see, and it really fleshed it out in a respectable way. But at the same time, I've just seen it, and I don't know if it'll like continue to be my favorite like one of my most favorite superhero movies but like right now i will give it a nine out of ten like and that's very bold <laughs> i really I, I, I genuinely think it is one of the best super movie superhero mm-hmm. movies out there i don't know if that's the like mm-hmm. i guess uh the, the rose tinted glasses after just seeing it for the first time after it first came out but like i just think what it represents as more than just a superhero movie but also as like you know what it represents in terms of like artistic integrity and like restoring something though that a creator was deprived of i think that that enough makes it one of the best pieces of movie out there and like on top of it like i said there's nothing that you'll see like this in movie history like this is something the fans fought for and this is like something that's never been done before i mean you could say they just done with like sonic the hedgehog when they changed it <laughs> but it <laughs> That doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't count. It's like it's nowhere near the same level, you know? And I feel like kids are going to be studying this in film class, like how fans interacted with studios and a creator to bring something to life that should have died, like, years ago. So, like, that enough is getting, just, like, oh, enough to tell me that this is one of, one of the best movies out there. I was going to say for my final comment that this was pretty much Snyder's do or die. If it sucked then the, the studios would have been like, look at what I told you, pretty much. And Snyder wouldn't have had, like, the same respectability. But the fact that it was good and that the fans actually liked it is a revival of Snyder's career, in a sense, like you said. It was a do-or-die. It's like a Hail Mary in football. Like, that was his last chance, I think. I mean, yeah, I, w- I would say the same thing, because I... Say what you will about Batman v Superman and Man of Steel. I just think they were kind of a, a bit ahead of their time. I think... Because I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and Instagram, they are kind of developed a cult following around these movies. Like, they become more beloved over time. And I think if they, he had just been given full control of telling those stories, that we could have had, like, a really good DC universe right now. Like, like think about if the original Justice League had been released in 2017, if it was Zack Snyder's Justice League. Where would we be right now? We would have had at least one more Justice League sequel. Maybe even that Batman mm-hmm. solo with Deathstroke. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, like, look at all this stuff we're missing out on because of this shit. Do you have any final comments on this? <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm I'm just really grateful that we got this movie. And I know, like, mm-hmm. it might seem kind of needy to say that we should get more as fans. But, like, I think it's only the logical step, step forward for this universe and for mm-hmm. HBO Max to just continue with this. You know, I I think that mm-hmm. this is something they can't just let die out. Um, I was just gonna say to like wrap this up that, like, to see like 
first of all, like the I, I'm very optimistic about the future for Snyder's movies after seeing the fan after seeing like the fans' reactions to this. Like Warner Brothers would be stupid to not realize that this is pretty much like a money mine waiting to just be like dug, you know? So I feel like in the future we will be getting more Snyder movies. Like we just have to push for them, but we will be getting them. Yeah. I'm, but that go ahead. And yeah, like Again, I think it's all about making our voices heard as fans. It's kind of sad that we have to do this and, like, you know, stand up to a studio, essentially, just to get them to release something that they should be doing logically from what they're getting from responses. But, yeah, let's uh, let's all go ahead and wrap this up because I know we have now... It seems like... Hit an hour. Yeah, we've hit an hour. <laughs> it's been an hour. I don't know if it's been... If it's going to be edited to shorter, but... Yeah. No, it'll be an hour pretty much. <laughs> but that's all we have for that's all we have for today guys and we'll see y'all next time.